This is your home for St. Cloud State Hockey, keeping you up to date on the NCHC. One-timer coming, they score! Ripped in! A bomb from Perrix! Women's WCHA. Dana Rasmussen fires and she scores! Dana Rasmussen for the Huskies. The National Hockey League. Kaprizov in for a chance to win it! He scores! And everything from the state of hockey. St. Cloud Cathedral is now 42.6 seconds away from wrapping up the school's first ever title. Welcome to the Huskies Warming House Podcast Den. to a special edition of the Huskies Norman House podcast inside the Women's Hockey's Players Lounge here inside the Herbrooks National Hockey Center. I'm Nick Maxson, joined by Noah Grant and also Sydney Wolf also joining us for a very special preview of the Huskies season coming up for 2021-2022. Uh, we also just got off the ice, so if I sound winded, it's because <laughs> I am. And it, you know what? It feels actually better, Noah, that I'm winded after a victory. We'll get into that later. Also talking a little bit of some NHL news, but we'll start this week's episode here with a little bit of breakdown of the Huskies season coming up. Noah, First of all, how are you feeling right now? We're, we're not talking about that. <laughs> you know, I, I got to be honest. When people see the video, I think they're going to see uh, which direction the play swayed. But you know what? You got a couple of bounces, and that is what it is. It's fine. It's whatever. But we're moving on. And you know what? We're all friends in the end, I, I think. <laughs> Maybe. Sydney, you were a, uh, one of our camera people here uh, helping us film at the uh, great episode. We'll be debuting here in a couple of weeks. I uh, said, what did you see on the ice there? Was it total domination, as he says? Or, you know, did I really kind of get, you know, an upper hand on him as well? You know, I don't know. I thought it was pretty back and forth. I don't, th- I don't think there's too much of domination on any side, but some pretty good content. I think it'll be fun to watch for everybody, though, especially... For anybody who has never seen either of you skate, it'll be fun for them to watch. That's uh, Sid Simmering takes here on the Huskies <laughs> Warming House podcast. Say, uh, is she our marketing director? Is I think so, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the club. It's a pleasure <laughs> to have you here. <laughs> Sid has been with us on the podcast before, but I think you know, in this special episode, we wanted to bring her in because, again, uh, plenty to look forward to here for the Huskies season. Uh, a phenomenal run, and, and some would maybe argue a little bit unexpected for how far they got the national runner up here in 2021. Uh, but no, I want to start with you here. Uh, first, just a quick recap of last season for the Huskies. Uh, your thoughts uh, here for the team and how well they performed and getting, again, just a couple of minutes away from a national championship. Yeah, well, I mean, it was a season that I don't really know if anybody anticipated them to go as deep as they did, but it, it was just something that I think Huskies fans really needed, and they needed from a group that, again, wasn't expected to be that group. They weren't expected to be that number one peg team like they will be, I think, uh, in somewhat going into this season. They were a group that uh, kind of came together early on in the pod and just found a different identity than Husky teams of years past, and they were able to do something that uh, no other Huskies team in 92 years of St. Cloud State Hockey has been able to do. Uh, Sid, I want to build off on that because, uh, like Noah mentioned, they did a couple of things uh, that no other Huskies program have done, uh, but what did you notice watching this team? What are some of the things maybe they did on the ice stylistically that you know maybe put them over the top and got them as far as they did here last season? Yeah, you know, I thought towards the end of the season, once we started doing really good in the tournaments and all that stuff, I thought they did a really good job of getting those underdog players 
players sort of just scoring goals and everybody was scoring instead of just, you know, the one line or the, the finish line, the Minnesota connection as some call it. They're getting everyone really involved and everyone was doing a really great job. It wasn't just, you know, a couple people here and there and I felt like everyone was really just doing the best that they could and I thought that was awesome because, like we said, there's a couple of really good players but when everybody can kind of get together and do it, it's a lot better. There's no question this team does better when they can roll four lines, and we saw that throughout the regular season, certainly throughout the playoffs. Uh, no, I want to touch on uh, a couple players in particular, not that we want to single anybody out, uh, but one player that isn't returning, but I thought was a very key player for them down the stretch was Will Hammer, that fourth line center. He's going to be very difficult to replace, but what did he bring to this team, especially allowing Brett Larson to continue to roll those four lines and more so? He was in key face-off situations in essentially every part of the game. Yeah, it was kind of interesting Interesting as we had our interview last night. Uh, of course, we're recording this here on Thursday, but we had our interview last night with Bruce Siski in Duluth, and he didn't put much stock into face-off percentage and that sort of thing. Uh, I thought Will Hammer was the epitome of why you should put stock in, in face-off percentage and put stock into uh, what a player like that does. And he's a guy that he's difficult to replace, not so much point-wise, but the character that he brings in that locker room. You talk about the culture and the identity of what this St. Cloud State team from last year had. Will Hammer was uh, the epitome of that identity that hard-nosed physical brand of hockey, that mix of speed and skill, and the ability to put your teammates in what matters for the team first. We talk about it all the time in the game of hockey, right? You take a selfish penalty or you try to do a solo effort, you're not doing what the team needs. I don't think I ever saw Will Hammer do anything selfish, and if it was, it was just a little flare of celebration after he scored a big goal for, for the Huskies. He was a team-first guy, and that's going to be sorely missed, but it's also going to be a building block for not only the returning players, but also the incoming freshmen to know Will Hammer and guys like him set that precedent. Now it's time to take that bar to the next level. Uh, so I want to build off on that a little bit just because, you know, as we got into the playoffs last season, there's no question that teams such the name as Air Force, uh, AIC, they were haunting Huskies fans. And you just got the sense that maybe if the Huskies were just able to win that first game, that there was going to be a huge weight lifted off their shoulders. Did you notice that after they won the first game there out east? Was there seem to be a weight lifted off to the fans' shoulders? I mean, yeah, I, th I think so. As a, as a Huskies fan who saw that AIC loss in person, that was just, you know, really sad as a fan. But after seeing that win, it was great because BU, I feel like everybody was saying BU and BC, they're going to be super hard teams. And they were really great teams, but it just seems like our luck was really going our way those two games. So getting those out of the way and winning by not just one goal, but really winning the game, I think really helped instead of just having those really tough games where you're on edge all the time, so it was nice to just win those two and be okay with it. Not, not like Huskies fans are ever on edge, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's you, nice to not be. You, you know, I'm kind of curious though, Sid, uh, it, it, especially kind of coming from that fan perspective, because, uh, and this is no offense to you, but I think Nick Maxson and I, we forever will watch a hockey game differently than maybe the quote-unquote casual fan, if you will. And I'm kind of wondering, were there a couple of moments during the season that really stood out for you as a highlight, either as a high or a low for this group as we went through the year? Uh, I gotta imagine maybe Nolan Walker is maybe in the list at some point there. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I watched that Mankato game out at Howie's in St. Cloud, and when the St. Cloud State team won that uh, game, and when the, cl the clock was counting down, everybody just went crazy. I have a video of it on my phone, and it was like <laughs> one of the top sports moments. So it was, it was crazy. So obviously that Mankato game was awesome, and I think beating BC also was really fun to see as a fan, because everybody, I think everyone said BC over SCSU. 
um, on those broadcasts. So it was kind of nice to be like, okay, we did it and we proved them wrong. And that was also your Huskies Warming House podcast debut, if I'm not yes, mistaken. Yes, I think it was. <laughs> After that game, yeah. That's true. So to build off of that, we had the height of, you know, just pure insanity and just pure jubilation. Unfortunately, you know, 48 hours later, there was the low. There was the unfortunate loss in the NCAA championship game. But now going into these seasons, we look forward here, said, I think what's important is even entering the season, there's a different expectation now. I think last year they were coming in really no expectations of a deep playoff run this year. The expectation not only there, but I think the expectation to get back into, if you want to quote, finish the job. Um, as a fan, what's your expectation of this club going into this next season and what should be a more normal schedule as we head into hopefully a past COVID season and more of a normal scheduling? Yeah, I guess last year I definitely agree that it was kind of just neutral. It was like, okay, well, if we do good, great. If we don't do good, well, oh well, we'll keep on going. So it was great to see that last year we exceeded all expectations, really, out of any fan. Um, but then this year, I think, yeah, there's a lot of expectation that we're going to come back and do really good, especially because we have so many of the players returning and we just came off, you know, the best we've ever done, really. And the recruits we have coming in are going to be really strong, hopefully really good players that are probably going to have some leadership, too, even being as young as they are. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the season, and I think it's going to be really fun. And hopefully we'll be able to get back there to the NCAAs and win some more games. Noah, let's build off of that because uh, the excitement starts right away. This non-conference schedule that St. Clos has put together is arguably, at least from my time being here, some of the most exciting schedules that we have. We have a home-and-home against St. Thomas, a home-and-home against the Golden Gophers, home-and-home against the Wisconsin Badgers, uh, just to name a few, and then... I think there's another team in there that, you know, yeah, 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 I don't know. But 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 honestly, though, the non-conference schedule um, is going to be very, very good. And I think having the home and homes and getting the fans involved right away is going to really help either propel these. And that might even set the tone for the uh, for the regular season going to the NCAC. So it's not really exciting. It's also important for the Huskies to have a good start as well. Yeah, yeah you actually kind of took the point right out of my, my mouth. So I totally, honestly hate you at this particular point. No. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> but, you know, I, obviously that matchup with the Gophers is going to be insane. Bob Moscow's return to the Herb Brooks National Hockey Center in that home and home series is going to be a good one. I'm trying to get tickets for my dad. Uh, he's actually going to be retiring the week before, and he's a huge Gophers fan. So I'll be cheering for the Huskies. We gave you a seat here. What? What? The yeah. Well, I have to pay for it this time, now, so no media pass <laughs> flash anymore. Um, but yeah, it, it's very important when you look at this group, right? The Huskies finishing second in the NCHC, 20 and 11 on the season last year, and they've got that target on their back, and they're expecting to kind of replicate that success. Uh, that's going to be a building block for them to see how they match up with the best of the best in the country. They're going to get teams that are going to be, you know, top 15, top 10, potentially top five teams, and they get to show if they're going to be ready to put their foot on the gas pedal from the get-go. And it's also, I think, going to be a little bit cathartic for not only Huskies fans, but old WCHA fans, too, to be able to finally see those rivalries. We haven't seen Wisconsin since, what has it been, 2013 is the last time we've seen them? So getting a chance to not only see them, but know that we have a Huskies group that can compete and not only split with those teams, but potentially sweep some of those weekends, it's very exciting. So let's build off in a little bit too, because as you mentioned, you know, important to have this good start as well, because as you mentioned, these aren't bad teams coming in. Again, Wisconsin's been good. Minnesota was one win away from the Frozen Four. Mankato, uh, maybe we saw them recently as well, uh, not, not gonna <laughs> lie. Uh, so again, you talk about this non-conference schedule. Uh, one thing that I believe Ben Holden told us a couple episodes ago uh, here, Noah, was that it's willing to get to the level that they're at. It's gonna be even harder to stay at the top of the mountain. Uh, Sid, what does this team have to do out of the gate to establish themselves that this was not a fluke of 
of last season that we are this good and that we're going to put our foot down and claim it again for a second straight season. You know, I think they just got to work at the game all game. I always see people on Twitter saying that, you know, we don't want to give up in the second or third period once we have, you know, a one or two goal lead because then that, you know, can come back and bite us sometime. So making sure we're working at it all game, every game. And also I think just same thing as last year when we started to get hot towards the end of the season, just making sure every line has people that are contributing and it's not just the same, you know, couple of people that are scoring and really just getting everyone involved and giving getting everyone excited on the team about, you know, doing really well. And then if we can do that, hopefully we can just have some momentum too and just keep on going. Speaking of that fan perspective too, Sid, uh, the big uh, fun one, I think, when you talk about uh, starting off on the right foot and that Twitter crowd especially, that's David Rennick, right? The, the, the question mark of, is he going to stop the first shot of the game? What kind of game is David Rennick going to have? He had a phenomenal march and into April, unfortunately didn't obviously get the result in the last game of the season, but up until that point, he was the goaltender that Huskies fans really have been waiting for for his kind of coming out party, if you will. What do you expect from David Rennick uh, this season, and is there another level that you think that he can get to? I think he's going to be really good because he's always been pretty clutch, especially this last year. In the games where we needed him to be really good, he was really good, especially those uh, frozen four or frozen faceoff games and the frozen four games. He was just so solid in all of those, and I don't think really a lot of those goals were his fault. So I'm excited for him to come back because so many people, I know early on I said, I think David's coming back, and so many people were like, there's no way he's doing it. So, Insider info expert right here. So yeah, I mean, I feel like if he wants to come back, that means that he's excited about what the team's going to be doing and that he hopefully thinks that him and the team can be able to do a lot of stuff here this year because obviously he, if he wasn't excited about the team he probably wouldn't have come back so I think that's a good sign. And Noah let's build enough a little bit too because as a draft pick of the Los Angeles Kings you know that it's been no secret that Rennick has had some consistency issues here mm-hmm. when his time at St. Cloud uh, seemed to kind of you know gain some draft stock if you want to call it or at least I should say maybe it's you know, player stock here with the LA Kings last part, but again, you can't do it for one month. You have to do it. So maybe him coming back is maybe even more proof to the LA Kings. Would you agree that that wasn't a fluke and that not only can he rise to the occasion at that level, but now can he keep it there? Yeah, and there's no team that's going to be watching uh, more intently than the LA Kings, right? They're going to be seeing, can he string this together for a full season? I think one of the things that, again, often gets lost and it's easy as a casual fan and when you sit on Twitter behind a keyboard, it's easy to you know, not really feel invested. You listen to all the players and the coaching staff talk about David Rennick. We know David as this happy, you know, go lucky guy, doesn't take life too seriously, but they talk about when he's on the ice or when he has a bad game or when he when he's in net, that's the only time that he is serious and he's dialed in and he's ready and he's harder on himself than anybody else. That says a lot about a goaltender to know that not only does he pay attention to, you know, what he has to do and make himself better, but he's holding himself accountable. I think that's going to be the biggest growing point for David is can he turn that account accountability into that consistency so that when you go in and you play Duluth, it's not going to be five out of six periods that give, that he gives you or four and a half periods. It's going to be six out of six plus an OT if you need him. Let's take a look. We, we've already talked about you know some of the returning players, but some of the incoming players here, there's only three of them here. Uh, we've seen their nameplates already in the locker room, Mason Salquist, Jack Pert, and Josh Ludeke. Uh But over the last couple of years for championship teams, Noah, it's been the defensive core that's really pushed teams to the brink and all over the hill, at least in my opinion. Uh, Jack Pert, the remaining 2021 uh, Mr. Minnesota Hockey coming in, and uh, I would think he's going to have a chance to really push for a third or maybe even second pairing. Uh, the depth on this defensive core could be the not only I think the best in the NCC, it could be even the best in college hockey. Um, if that is the case, 
who can go through this defensive core? Which team could really have the firepower to go through, you know, how good this defensive core should be? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a good conversation to have to know that when you look at a defensive core and you have some young bodies coming in, that they can play to the level of being an upperclassman, that junior-senior mentality. I kind of think back a little bit to, uh, when you talk about Jack Bird especially, I think a little bit back to um, when Nick Pervix came in. And there was the question mark of, yes, he's got, you know, talent A, talent B, talent C. Can you find a way to link talent A to talent B to talent C in his skill set toolbox, if you will, and make him a more complete player? And as Perbix continued to develop and grow, we saw last year that complete package come together. I think it's all about taking a player like Pert especially and bringing him up to speed and getting him from that skill set A into skill set B into skill set B right away and I'm excited for this defensive core knowing that you do have those young guys coming in but you also have a lot of veteran guys that have presence and accountability to get those guys up to speed versus if you look across the board for example uh, let's say Western Michigan last year they were just a young group across the board who yeah I mean they're going to grow trial by fire but they also don't have that veteran experience necessarily to help kind of anchor them and anchor the ship the Huskies have that and they're going to be loaded for bear even with three players that are very very capable. And, you know, maybe even going back to David Rank, you still have Jackson Castor, so Joey Lamaru there to push him as well. Uh, we've seen, you know, with Western Michigan especially, how goaltending depth can be, if you have it, you love it. If you don't, you know, you, you want it, right? Um, I want to go back to you, Sid, because Western Michigan, uh, no question that when they lost to Brandon Busey here early in last season in the pod, that team was an absolute mess. Uh, they took a couple of games. Uh, they took some hard, heavy losses, but then they started to regain the stride, and it, it really was, you know, the team probably, you know, that was coming out of the NCHC that, to me, was the most scary, uh, kind of that dark horse. Uh, but when you look at for San Cloud to have those two goaltenders that are capable to come in, make starts, or even to come in in relief, uh, how important is it to the depth uh, behind David Rennick here for the Huskies? I think it's going to be really nice to see because we'll have Rennick, who I assume is going to start most of the games, obviously, because he's coming back for his extra year of eligibility. But I also have really liked what I've seen from Jackson Caster, too, when he's played the couple of games he has. I've actually really liked his playing and his style, and I thought he's been pretty solid. So I'd be fine with seeing him in a couple of games, too. And same with Lamoureux. Like, hopefully he'll be able to see, you know, a few games maybe this year, especially, you know, if we're on a really good streak and we want them to get some experience. So I think it'll be nice to have, you know, not just one, but three goaltenders who've been with the Huskies for a while. They all know what's going on and uh, feel pretty confident about all of them, honestly. Obviously, Brennick's probably going to be that guy, but it's nice to have three that are all pretty solid. As we look forward to the NCHC sit, uh, we kind of did a preseason poll, if you will, to kind of think about you know where teams might end up. And if I can remember the order correctly, uh, shocker, I don't have any notes in front of me, <laughs> so we're going to see how well this goes here. But I think we had Colorado College in eight, mm -hmm. Miami in seven, Denver in six, a team that could finish six or as high as probably second in the NCHC this year. Number five is Omaha. Number four, that Western Michigan team with their veteran experience now coming back uh, for a fifth season, a lot of players there. North Dakota in number three, and then St. Cloud and Duluth kind of vying for that one and two spot. We haven't really decided with a couple of guests where they're going to end up. Maybe St. Cloud in number one. Uh, first of all, where do you think uh, the teams might shape up in the NCHC? And also, is there a team or two uh, amongst all the great teams that are so difficult to play against that you're really looking at for the Huskies that they're really going to have their hands full? Yeah, I, I have a pretty general agreement with your NCHC sort of lineup. You know, the bottom I think is pretty solid. And with Denver, yeah, I feel like sometimes they can be really great and consistent and other times they just can't really connect like this last year I felt like they just didn't connect all the pieces they had to so 
they can kind of be a toss-up. I think Western, I've been calling them all year on Twitter, the dark horse of the NCHC, um, because I feel like if they didn't have that weird start in the pod, they would have just done really great. Uh, in the Frozen face-off, that was like the last team I would have wanted to play uh, going into that tournament, so I'm really glad we didn't have to play Western Michigan, because I think they're going to come back with some fire this year. And North Dakota, I think, is going to be interesting with all the grad transfers and freshmen they have coming in. They're going to have a lot of talent, but it's going to be interesting to see if they can put it together as a team, or if they're just going to have a lot of really great individual players. I think that's going to be a little weird for them. And Duluth, you know, I think they're probably going to be pretty solid as usual, but I'm hoping the Huskies will be sort of a clear number one, but I don't want to jinx it. But one team I did want to talk about that everyone I don't think is going to give enough credit to, at least that I've seen online, is I think St. Thomas is going to be harder than some people think because they have a lot of talent coming in, and they might not have been a team for very long, not even a season yet. Yeah. But I, I don't think they're going to just be a team that everybody beats by 10. I think they might be a little sneaky this year. Did, did we talk about that on Twitter, Nick, where, where people were saying they think it's going to be 7 nothing, 10-1? Mm-hmm. And it was a talking point that we've talked about pre-show when we could throw that in. So thank you, Sid Wolf. I think you might be, actually be our producer, too. Are you writing our show notes, too? How is this <laughs> Well, I was going to say, I hope we beat them 7-0 or 10-0, but I don't think that's going to be realistic because they just have a lot of good yeah. people. What is in. realistic, Nick? I mean, well, first of all, what's unrealistic, right? I think you got to look at it from the opposite. If you go into as a player, I think you're going to smoke a team 7 nothing, 10 nothing. I think that's when you get your guard down. That's when you don't play your game. That's why you're not sharp, especially mentally or physically. You the, start the, cheating. The Huskies last year against Western Michigan after that 18-2 to blowout for... Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, it just it forces you to not play your game, and I think it, it's like what Bruce Siski said just a day ago is you know the Huskies and the Bulldogs are teams that scare you to play the right way. It's because when you when you feel like you respect your opponent, and again, I think Brett Larson, the coach that would tell you, it doesn't matter who you're playing, you have to respect what they bring. These are all college hockey players that all have earned a spot to be in a Division One team. Just because they have a program that was D three now D one doesn't mean the players there aren't earning of that. And no question that hey they could put it together and put together a pretty deep run, right? We haven't seen them. So if anything, how the heck do we know what they're going to look like, right? So they could surprise a lot of people. At the end of it, you have to respect your opponent. And with that mindset, uh, maybe you do end up with a you know, more lopsided win. But if you go into it with that mentality that it's going to be an easy out, uh, I think they're going to, you know, you put yourself in a hole in that situation. That's my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. The, the same question, and I know we kind of touched on it a little bit, Sid, is there a specific team, maybe in terms of difficulty or just the matchup? Uh, I got a feeling I might know what your answer will be, but is there a certain weekend series in the non-conference schedule that you're uh, looking forward to a little bit more as a fan? Well, I mean, all the home-and-home games I think are going to be really fun. Uh, With the St. Thomas home-and-home, that's a pretty easy drive for anybody in St. Cloud. Same with the Gophers home-and-home. That's going to be really fun, especially because that's going to be the homecoming game for St. Cloud State, so that's going to be really fun Mm -hmm. here. Um, But otherwise, the away games, I mean, the Mankato game obviously, too, is within driving distance for a lot of fans, so that's going to be a really fun one, especially because we just saw Mankato and we know they're a pretty darn good team, so I think, yeah, I think that's going to be a pretty interesting game, too, to see where we're at with, you know, not in the NCHC. And since, you know, we talked non-conference now, and then we talked a little bit about the NCHC schedule, uh, but now going through that actual conference schedule, right, uh, we talked about it, too, with Siski uh, just yesterday. Uh, when you go from, I would say, six to one here, 
is there really isn't a clear-cut, you know, easy out there at all. You can even argue that Miami is a team on the rise. Colorado College, they're going to look different because of their new head coach. You know, don't really know how they're going to play, how they're going to look just yet. There's going to be time for that program to develop. But one thing that's so good about this conference, Noah, and I'll start with you, is that, again, every single night you have to come be ready to play your best because any team can beat anybody even given night. We saw CC just a year and a half ago coming here sweep the Huskies before they went up to North Dakota. And it was almost a turning point in the season where they finally was almost in the Western Michigan spot of last year. They were kind of becoming that dark horse that no team wanted to play. But with that being said, uh, when you look through the NCHC conference schedule, uh, again, is there a matchup that you prefer? Is there a matchup that you say, I want to avoid these guys? Yeah, I would say the matchup that I prefer is uh, making it to the Frozen Faceoff Championship game because everything before that is going to be it's going to be absolute hell getting there. I mean, it's just it's going to be a difficult, difficult schedule. Um, I, I I don't know if there really is a team that you prefer to play. In a sense, though, I think you want maybe the upper echelon teams. As weird as it say it sounds, you want North Dakota, you want Duluth, you want Omaha because they are going to force you to play the game the right way. I think, and I, you know, I hope that the transition comes into next year. As Western Michigan was a good team that I think a lot of people slept on last year. Uh, you got to be ready for those middle of the pack teams. Western Michigan, you know, Denver, who kept, who kind of had an up and down year. Miami split with St. Cloud in their last matchup last year. There's no team that you can overlook but I think that as you look at the NCHC schedule you have to take it one shift in one game at a time you can't say oh you know we've got North Dakota coming up in two weeks what about Miami in the first period of tonight you've got to make sure that your focus is on whatever is next not even so much even the game coming up that week just the practice you know eating right doing the little things that you have to do as a player because I think if you look at it as an overview and obviously I know your question was to me as a fan you know and, and as a broadcaster quote-unquote if you will um you know what 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 i would you know prefer but i think i would prefer the players to just kind of put their heads down and just focus on the next step i think it for the pandemic that was one of the few things that maybe came a little bit easier compared to years past is that you did just focus on what was next because it was ever changing and ever evolving with the pod with travel with cancellations that sort of thing now you know you probably have a generally set schedule now it's time to execute uh, for a full season and uh, so let's let's bounce off that a little bit here too, because you know these players, the coaches that made enormous sacrifices to even play last season. Again, a lot of a lot of these folks, they didn't get to go home to see the family for Christmas or for Thanksgiving. It was a lot of that, you know, just they were around just the guys, right? And to a point, that it may have been beneficial. You're not going to have. Uh, I would say those restrictions this upcoming season, but I would think again we look at championship teams in the past and any professional sport, even at the college level, it's about how cohesive the team is, and we've heard that resonate from these guys as they came out from uh, this season. Uh, I guess you know watching this uh, this team and how cohesive they was uh, is that going to be a true key for them to continue their success this season, and uh, how can they replicate how cohesive they was even though they're not going to be able to forced to be with each other 24 hours a day. Well, I think this past season might have been a little beneficial just because all the players, you know, had to pretty much just only see the players this year and the staff because they couldn't go out. And I think it was awesome, and I give props to, you know, all the players and the staff for doing this, but we never had COVID issues. Like, some of the teams just struggled and struggled and could not stay healthy or out of quarantine and stuff like that. So I think that just had to have been a team effort because if you have one person that went out and got sick and got everyone else sick, then that's, you know, really hard. So I think that definitely... 
I assume made the team a lot stronger this year and I hope that that'll stay with this next year too because I'm sure they all probably got a little bit sick of each other maybe because they didn't <laughs> see uh, each other so much but because it's a majority of the same team back again I'm hoping that'll just uh, keep on going and they'll be just as cohesive if not more this next season. You know I'm kind of curious uh, kind of along those lines for your personal life here Sid I, we're going to do the, the, the Sid Wolf evaluation here. Okay. Obviously, <laughs> obviously the, the, the COVID uh, season and time period if it was difficult on everyone but especially we've got our nice uh, producer in the background Gavin with us as well um, all of you uh, who are so used to you know carrying your camera equipment to the rink or going to sporting events or being able to be around each other covering these events or you know getting in that broadcasting world where camaraderie is so important how was it for you to be able to kind of know that you know maybe you're getting ready to get back in the swing of things and how did you handle that transition up until this point yeah i mean it was a really weird year especially not being able to come to the herb uh, for games i got to go to one as a student i won a lottery to <laughs> come in and watch one men's game and it was the duluth overtime winner here that not ended, a bad ended game. pretty quick so that one was uh, pretty good to watch but there was maybe 20 to 50 people it was very weird um but otherwise yeah i didn't really get to be at the herb i think i called or did color commentary for a women's game so that was pretty fun to see as well but I only was in the herd twice so that was really strange to not really be here that much but I, I'm thinking by fall everything is probably going to be normal I assume I don't want to jinx anything <laughs> again because you, you never know at this point but I'm hoping everything's going to be sort of normal again because yeah this year was kind of weird and media and stuff everything was really chaotic with just don't touch anything don't go by anybody take your t test, your COVID test, and your evaluations every day, and it was well, kind of stressful. I was going to say, the staying away from everybody, you guys treat me like that every day, so I don't know what, <laughs> I, I don't know what yeah. the difference is there. Uh, the other kind of update, I think you were also at the NCHC Frozen Faceoff. Yeah, I did get to go to that, but uh, yeah, only one one or two games at the Herd. S sitting in a seat with a bunch of North Dakota fans, sounds like the dream, right? <laughs> that, that was pretty wild, <laughs> I gotta say, but I do have to say that the North Dakota fans did give me crap, but they were all pretty nice to me about it, too. <laughs> Are you sure they weren't, like, drugged beforehand? I, you know, I don't know. The game that we did play them, they sort of turned on me a little bit. But before that, they were they were quite nice. I, I don't think I've ever been as feeling like a celebrity as I did in Grand Forks, walking around with my St. Cloud State shoes. <laughs> People were honking at me and just would stop me on the street. It was it was like being a celebrity there. So my, my follow-up question for this year, of course, Nick Maxson entering his uh, final season or so, he says he might be here for another six years. We don't know. Uh, I don't even know. So supposedly entering his final season uh, uh, here for broadcasting. You're actually uh, in a different transition for school. What are you up to, Sid Wolf, uh, in terms of your schooling uh, onto your next phase coming up this year? Oh, well, I do still do some broadcast stuff, some freelance stuff, and I'm hoping to do some more play-by-play uh, -play color commentary for KVSC this year. We'll see uh, because I like doing all sports, so anything <laughs> they'll put me on, I'll gladly do, but I'm also in grad school right now, so I still technically have St. Cloud State for another two years because, you know, I liked it so much I can't get away, but that's, that's not a bad <laughs> Hey, I don't even go here, so I don't know. So, you know, and I get free hockey tickets, so, you know, it's, it pays off. It's not too bad. So you want to get me some for the Gopher game for my dad, or can we talk a little bit after? Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> well, guys, I think it's prediction time. Uh, let's, you know, for the Huskies, uh, we had them 1-2, but I think we need a hard number. Uh, Noel, I'll start with you. Where do the Huskies finish regular season-wise here in the NCHC Conference? I think they finished second by a single point, and the only reason I say that is because I, I think – 
that they're definitely capable of being that first place team. I just know how difficult the NCHC is going to be, and I think it's going to be a bloodbath this year. Um, quite honestly, I believe it's is it still 24 games that we're going to have in the conference? I think conference-wise, if you look at the Huskies, uh, let me try to do some quick math here. I think they're going to finish 19 and whatever the other number is, 6. Is that right? No, Sounds 5. Right. 5. Yeah. Wow, a lot of math. 19 and 5 are like 19, 4, and... One. one something like that um, and maybe you know a shootout loss or an OT loss is going to be the difference but I think they're going to be one or two for sure but it's going to be tight and for you said um, again you know it's all about the paralyzed too so again that non-conference schedule also plays a part into where they finish in the national rankings but for the NCHC conference where do they finish and why I, you know, I'm going to go bold and say they're going to finish first in the NCHC just because I think the other teams are going to be really good. I don't think it's going to be like crazy. St. Cloud State is just way better than everyone. Um, but I think the other teams might just be a little bit more inconsistent. I see the Huskies hopefully being the more consistent team and everyone else maybe getting a couple more losses here and there. So hopefully that'll help us get up there to number one. Are you waiting for me to piss off a lot of Huskies fans? Well, maybe. I'm going to say they're going to finish second. Um, and here's why. Again, it's such a difficult conference to play in. It is the toughest conference to college hockey. So many good teams. And uh, just what Ben Holden said a couple weeks ago, it is so difficult not only to win, it's even more difficult to keep your top spot here in this conference. Um, I think it's going to be tough to repeat the success they had last year. I think they'll be an upper echelon team. I don't know if they finish first. And actually, I kind of like the fact they wouldn't finish first yeah. because uh, there seems to be, I mean, the answer, there's that president's trophy curse that seems to always take take precedence. And I kind of like the fact that you're always looking up at something and wanting more. Whereas when you're at the top of the mountains, they kind of get, a, I don't know if complacence the word or start to look down. Uh, but I kind of want them to have a little bit of that drive to keep moving up and keep improving. So I have, I have them finish second uh, behind the Minnesota Loof Bulldogs. I think it's going to be interesting. I think I agree with you guys a little bit, but I think they're going to win Frozen Faceoff this year. Okay. Maybe they'll oh, be second, but I think this is the year they get the Frozen Faceoff. This is our year, as Sid Wolf would say. Because even when we were doing so good that one year, um, we still didn't win it yeah. that one year. So I think this is our year for Frozen Faceoff. Well, we Maybe not first, but we We <laughs> talked about it with Bruce Siski. This year, I believe, was the first year that the number one seed actually won the Frozen Faceoff as well. But here's the thing that I think you really need to take away from this. And yes, last season was exciting, even uh, albeit with COVID. How about the fact that we are sitting here on whatever day it is? What is today? The 8th? July, July 8th, <laughs> right? We're sitting here and we're talking about whether or not the Huskies eke out a first place uh, you know, spot in the NCHC or finish second, and we firmly believe that they'll be one or two. Last year, we didn't know if they were going to be a top four team in the NCHC, so to see where this team has grown and also uh, luckily being able to get a lot of those you know, fifth-year players back and even a sixth-year player back as well, I think that's a testament to the fact that uh, again, Bruce Siski talked about it so well where, yes, it's disappointing to lose in the championship game of the Frozen Four, but you have to uh, not rest on your laurels, but also recognize them and recognize the spot where this program has gotten back to. It Once the season comes, it's time to put your foot on the gas, but also let's take a moment, especially in the summertime and in the hot months of July, to realize what a great opportunity and what a great position the Huskies have coming in this season. Two more questions for you guys. We'll start with uh, a player to watch. If there's one player on this roster that you are most excited to watch in this upcoming season, so then we'll start with you. 
Um, you know, I mean, there's so many, but I mean, if I have to narrow it down one player that I think towards the end of the year, I was really just every game watching them on the ice and seeing them do really cool things was, I think this year, hopefully, uh, we see a bunch more out of Yami Kronolov, because I thought just even watching warm-ups when I was up in Grand Forks for Frozen Faceoff, I'd be watching him in warm-ups and it just looked like he was into the game and ready to go. So I hope uh, with that Minnesota connection line if we sort of keep that name for it or whatever but I hope it's not just everyone you know it's not just VD on that line that's doing all the work you know it, it's also you know Yami and also Zach Okabe if he's there too but I thought he could be really be a difference maker for the team. We'll see if uh, Brett Larson keeps the Minnesota line together in this upcoming season yeah. but going over to you Noah uh, a marquee player that you will be watching this upcoming year. I've got two. I'm going to name my one and see if you take my other one or not, and then I'll, br I'll bring it back to me because I just love being the guy that's talking, Nick, obviously. <laughs> my, fir my first one here, and I actually sat in his stall today. Sorry, not sorry. That's going to be Nolan Walker, a guy that I think last year a lot of people kind of didn't know what they were going to get out of him, maybe didn't have the sophomore season that he was looking for. Boy, did he rebound last year, and not just because he scored the beautiful redirect goal that will forever live in infamy against Mankato, and not just because of his horrible performance at the Herb. National Hockey Center and not because of all these you know fantastic things that he did that are highlighted by you know a stat sheet or a newspaper or a box score it's what he brought every night in terms of being an impact player uh, just offensively with the way he played the game I think he, he still even as we come into this season we asked Bruce Siski the same question he said Easton Brodzinski was his guy we love Easton I just think nobody talks about Nolan Walker and what he seriously brings to the table so for me I think he's going to be the guy that's going to be uh, a dark horse catalyst uh, and it's a great person down the middle if he retains mm -hmm. in the center position much needed uh, depth for me it's going to be Vidi and for probably a different reason you think um, for a freshman who came in and had instant success right it's does he take that next step or does he have a little bit of a draw step back? Uh, I think it's easy to have it one way or the other. Um, for me, Vidi needs to get stronger this offseason. I want to see how his board battle improves for this upcoming season. We know he's got a great shot. We know he can skate. Um, and then also just uh, some of the ways that he quarterbacks, especially in the power play. I want to see his maturity in those areas, and especially more on the bulk side, because uh, I think if he takes another step forward, he could be one of the more dangerous shooting and offensive threats in the entire NCHC conference. So for me, it's going to be Vidi because I want to see what he does from freshman year to sophomore sophomore year just in that regards yeah uh, it's actually interesting it's funny that Nick Perfix doesn't make this list just because of the fact of how good he really is the other one that I had that Sid Wolf actually kind of alluded to because he was such a buzzsaw at the end of the year Zach Okabe Zach Okabe yeah Whoa. just the way he plays the game you talked about earlier Will Hammer what does Will Hammer bring to the table as far as his character and his work ethic I think that's rubbed off on a guy like Zach Okabe and the way that he's, he's played the game. I really like uh, you know his ability to play below the dots, especially being a, the first man in uh, you know as a buzzsaw in those corners. And a guy that I also think he maybe learned from too, I know we have him on the show and he's funny as heck too, Kevin Fitzgerald also goes underrated too. And the fact that he's able to come back for his season after you know we talked to him a little bit earlier and he didn't think he, he would be back in a Huskies uniform regardless of the transfer rules or the portal or whatever, I think that speaks a testament too to not only you know how much these veteran players mean to a young player like Zach Okabe, but how much Zach Okabe is willing to play for a guy like Kevin Fitzgerald, who also exemplifies that uh, great play below the dots as well. 
Now, since you mentioned Nick Perbix, I uh, said, uh, let's throw him in the conversation because, again, uh, Bruce says he called him one of the best defensemen of all college hockey, and I think he's deserving of that accolade. But uh, watching Nick Perbix and how he can control a game, either with his feet, his mind, and sometimes his offensive ability, especially defensive end, uh, how important and how fun is he going to be to watch on that back end, having, again, a fourth season underneath here in uh, St. Cloud? Yeah, I think it's going to be really fun to watch, uh, mostly because I think a lot of us thought this was going to be his last season, so the fact that he's coming back for another season Season, which I assume would likely be his last season but again I'm not gonna say anything because we never know um, it'll be really fun to watch him hopefully just have you know you always hope your last year is gonna be your best year so hopefully seeing that and to be able to see him work with like you said a defensive core that's gonna be full of just talent it's gonna be hard to even see who you know makes the cut for both you know uh, offensive players and defensive players because we're gonna have so many you know good incoming players and just returning players it's gonna be crazy to see the amount of people we have on this team so I think it's gonna be really interesting seeing how he works with all of these great players and uh, hopefully like I said this will be his last year but best year hopefully Final question for us, guys, and again, thanks uh, for coming in and doing this with us, Sid. It was a very, very fun to have you. Uh, but, Noah, I want to start with you. We talked about this with Bruce a little bit yeah, last night. But, again, with COVID, the one thing that I think was the worst about last season was the fans really didn't get to come in the building in any building. So not even just the herd, but even if you were in driving distance or wanted to take a road trip, you couldn't see them even on the road. Uh, this season, barns should be open. There should be a packed house. Um, what's it going to be like to finally be back in the herd you should be back in there, at least for one or two games. But to go back into a full building, how loud, how ruckus this crowd can help this Huskies team, what's that emotion going to feel like, not only for you as a fan, but also how's that going to impact the players on the ice? I don't know. I mean, I was kind of enjoying my time off away from Gavin, our camera guy back <laughs> Oh, jeez. So, I don't know. Just kidding. Love you, Gavin. <laughs> um, Gavin does some great, great work, uh, um, as always, and he's got a bright, bright future ahead of him talking about guys that are young guys getting ready to step into greater roles here in terms of the off-ice uh, participation. But nonetheless... He's taking a stab at me because I'm not young. Anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you do, you do it naturally. What can I say? Um, but but uh, that emotion, there's something to be said. And one of the things that Bruce um, articulated so well is the fact that, you know, when you walk in, one of my favorite smells, the Zamboni, right? The kind of the, the gasoline smell. I think it fries your brain cells, but I don't care. I didn't have a brain to begin with, so it doesn't really matter anyway. Um, you know, the smell of that, the smell of the hot dogs on the concourse, the popcorn, of course, kind of a staple of hockey rinks all over. Uh, of course, in the morning, if you ever have a tournament, obviously the Huskies generally don't play in the morning. But, hey, the 12 o'clock game, you might have caramel rolls or something crazy like that. Those little things that you experience that you don't really think about until they're gone, I think that, like Bruce said so eloquently, the emotion, people think that they're going to be a lot stronger than they are, but once they step into the building, they're going to realize, wow, we really miss this, and we're not going to let this uh, be for granted any longer. And for you, Sid, again, being a graduate student, you're still sticking with us for the next couple of seasons. Uh, I know we see you at games, not only behind the scenes, but also just as a casual fan. Uh, is there a couple of games that you're looking forward to? You've got circled on that you will be attending, and uh, how great will be to get back in the building, whether it's the dog pound or maybe up in the cheap seats. Yeah, you know, I think people just miss cheering with other people for the team because, you know, you can watch games at home, but you're not going to be with a crowd full of people that are all rooting for the same thing. But I always think the games uh, where we play teams like Duluth and North Dakota and even, you know, all the other teams that are close are going to be really fun because it's going to be a lot of our fans and a couple of other fans that are probably going to travel as well. So it's probably going to be a really packed uh, Herb Brooks National Hockey Center. But like I said, that U of M game, which is going to be, I believe, our home coming game for St. Cloud State with where Bob Monsko makes his return. That's going to be crazy. I'm sure that's going to be a 
packed game for sure. Bob Hope? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like that's going to be pretty pretty crazy. But, uh, yeah, I think I'll, I'll be in most of the games, to be honest, since I still get my free admittance as a student. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I mean, I think people are going to really come back in full force since, you know, two years ago our team, you know, struggled a little bit, so maybe attendance wasn't as high as some people wanted it. And then this last year we had COVID, so we didn't have any really hockey. And then this year I think people are going to really come back for the Huskies and really show up at the Herb. My final quick question, and it's just a very quick one for Sid again here. Sid, you got to be a fan sitting at home in front of your TV, and you've got to be a fan at the Herb Brooks National Hockey Center. And I want to know, is there a difference between when you're at home in front of the TV and when you're at the Herb Brooks National Hockey Center? And are you a yeller? Are you a heckler? <laughs> are you quiet and analytical? What's your style as a Huskies fan? Are, uh, you, are you nervous or are you calm and composed? Good question. Well, I guess I'm sort of in the middle. I'm not a yeller. Um, if, <laughs> I'm sure you both know me. I'm not a very intense yeller person. I'm pretty scary. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty scary. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I do that. If things start to go wrong, I think I just sit in steam a little bit in silence. <laughs> so I guess that's sort of my style. And then if I'm excited, I'll cheer. But I, I'm not a yeller. I'm not a heckler. I I hope I'm never a heckler. I'm not a heckling fan. But I don't know if you fit in well in the dog pound, we'll but anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I just like to sit and watch, and when we do good cheer, but sit and watch the game. Have I fun. Like that. <laughs> we'll tell you what to wrap up this episode. I have a little howl to the Huskies fans out there. Yeah, you like that. I know. <laughs> so, but whatever your fan style is, whether you are a steamer or a yeller, uh, do me a favor for those who are watching this episode, whether you are a student, whether you are a St. Louis State resident or a Husky fan from wherever you are, come out to the Herbrush National Hockey Center, buy some tickets, go support this team as well as the women's hockey team. These are two great organizations. They've got bright futures. And honestly, they do this not only because they love the game, but they love the interaction they have with the fans. They love coming into a building that's loud, that you're cheering for them. They love that support. And trust me, as a former player, as, as you formerly know, it helps knowing that when you walk into a building, when you come out of that tunnel and you've got 4,000 screaming fans dressed up in gear, they've got a couple of brewskis in them, maybe <laughs> a hot dog in one hand and maybe a bowl of popcorn, the favorite snack. Bread cheesy bread for you <laughs> as long as you don't spill the marinara sauce <laughs> yeah. but at the end of the day seriously come out and support the team this year there are plenty of tickets available if you have um you know the money do get uh, season tickets for and, you and, for, and i believe single game tickets go on sale september 1st but if anyone scoops up my gopher tickets before me <laughs> i'm gonna hurt somebody so <laughs> but, but seriously no and for students honestly you have no excuse you have a Huskies yeah. card you have a ticket in your back pocket let's fill up the dog pound this year for every single home game. Let's show our support that they let all of us miss from being a fan in the stands, as well as the players on the ice missing our voices and our passion. So for episode number 68, or is this 69? This is 69, hashtag nice. Yes, for episode 69, <laughs> I'm Nick Maxson for Noah Grant and Sid Wolf, and thank you so much for joining us this afternoon.